Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite de Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our wonderful guest, Heidi Solomon Orlick. So I have to tell you, this is going to be a great episode. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Heidi's mission to train and mentor women for careers in sales, in, in part through her organization, Girls with a Z, Girls Who Sell. Uh, Heidi is a passionate business development leader with 30 years of global BPO experience. She is a diversity and inclusion champion, a change agent, entrepreneur, and mentor. She's committing to supporting women and girls by continuing to push for racial justice and intersectional gender equality. My goodness, that was almost a tongue twister. (laughs) Yeah, Heidi, she invests in leaders, companies, and products she wants to see in the world. Heidi is also an active aging advocate who believes that older women and men are not obsolete. Age equals wisdom and experience. Likewise, she's committed to closing the gender gap in B2B sales. So Heidi, this is going to be such a great conversation. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Lynn, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be a part of this. Well, we are so excited to have you. And for everyone who's joining us for that first time, hey, make sure you don't miss a single episode and hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, share the love and uh, give us, click all five stars. Okay. (laughs) All right. We are talking about sales. And if you don't ask, you don't get. So, hey, Heidi, let's get right into this. I would love to hear your story about why you created Girls Who Sell and what are your core aims and objectives when you started? Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, And by the way, thank you for that um, very sweet introduction. I I really appreciate it. I hope I can live up to all of that, (laughs) Uh, all that hype. Um, Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, I have been a B2B career executive for the last 30 years. I started my career in advertising and marketing, so I I spent 10 years doing that, mostly client services, and then went into direct marketing. And to be honest, Lynn, I I, uh, fell into sales. Um, I think no young woman ever, when asked what they want to be when they grow up, you know, says, I want to be a B2B sales executive, right? (laughs) So hopefully with Girls Who Sell, we'll change that. But... um, you know, I did, my father was probably the strongest role model in my life. Um, he was, and still is, um, although he's passed away, um, the best salesperson that I knew. But sales was not really on my radar as a as a woman. And so um, 30 years ago, I, I fell into a sales career working for a business process outsourcing company in California. And uh, when I met the CEO, who actually was an old friend from college, and he, um, you know, asked me what I was doing. And at the time, my life was somewhat imploding. And I was looking to make a career pivot from advertising to something else, whatever that was. And he offered me a job as a vice president of sales. I was like, I I can't do that job, right? Like, (laughs) that job's not for me. And uh He said, you know, why not? And I said, well, because, you know, I don't know anything about the BPO industry and, you know, I'm really not a career sales professional. So I'm not sure that I'm really suited um, for this profession. And he said, first of all, you're awesome. And second of all, 
you know, you've got you've got the personality. You're going to be great. And no, none of us know anything about the uh, about the BPO industry. We're figuring it out every day. So come on board. And and thankfully I did. And uh, that was the start of a of a 30 year career. And and certainly, um, you know, at the time, the industry was very male dominated and I was frequently the only woman at the table. And actually, you know, fast forward 30 years later, and I'm I'm still frequently um, <laughs> the only woman at the table. So it hasn't changed much. Uh, maybe just that deals aren't necessarily getting done on the on the golf course or, yeah. um, you know, in the strip clubs. But, um, you know, <laughs> I was really, you know, because of that and being a woman, you know, really was focused on you know, how on, you know, how do I leverage my unique and innate skills um, as as a woman to be successful in sales? And one of the things I really focused on was becoming an expert in my industry. And I really do believe that it was a differentiator for me as I, um, you know, as I've, you know, moved through my career and into into sales leadership roles. But something I've always been passionate about, especially since I was in such a male-dominated in- industry, was mentoring other women and sponsoring other women and helping to train other women so that they could be successful in sales. I just had never really done it in a formal way. And so, you know, prior to launching Girls Who Sell, I was really thinking a lot about purpose and about um, the impact I wanted to make in the world and how I can move the needle and take my 30 years of experience in sales and marry that with my passion for mentoring women. And uh, that's how Girls Who Sell was born. Wow. Well, that's amazing. You know, I I have to say there are so many synergies. Uh, I fell into sales. My dad was the best salesperson in my first mentor throughout his life. He's also passed. I mean, it's just there's so many similarities, although once I started in sales, I never looked back. I went after every challenge. I um, sought opportunities uh, to climb, you know, that corporate ladder. And uh, so there's that, that's the only thing I can see is a little different. But um, absolutely. The only woman at the table, a very different environment. I was not doing the deals in <laughs> strip joints, but at cigar bars. Uh, or the golf exactly. course. I was doing it at work or at a uh, <laughs> at a nice dinner table, <laughs> you know, at a restaurant. Um, so that is, um, it's so funny. And and yes, you see that, and you see often that women don't feel that they can um, they can do the all the different roles that you have in sales. You know, the negotiation. You have to you have to ask right? You have to ask for the, you know, the sales, you have to do all the follow-up. Uh, they don't, some women don't feel comfortable doing those things uh, because, you know, we've just not been socialized the same way. And this yeah. goes for men too. It is a lot of stepping out of your comfort zone. You have to be able to take on that mantle of rejection and know that it's not about you, you know, and that Business. you have to get through a bunch of no's to get to that yes. Right. I agree. I love that perspective. And, you know, as I was was um, creating um, the business model for for girls who sell, um, you know, there there were a lot of um, organizations that were focused on women that were already in sales. 
And uh, that space was a little bit crowded. And there's a lot of companies are doing fabulous work in that space. And so um, I decided that I really wanted to, to get a little bit earlier in the pipeline. And so one of our missions, which, you know, you mentioned is not only to close the gender gap in, in B2B sales, which today women only represent, there's a couple of different numbers, but let's say between 32 and 35% of, um, of people that are in sales. But once you start to overlay some um, different, you know, women in le- leadership, sales leadership roles in different industry sectors, and of course, then um, overlay diversity, the numbers, you know, get get gradually more, more and more dismal. Um, but I was really focused on um, working with younger with younger women and the confidence factor, which we did a, an actual webinar in this, and some of the self-limiting beliefs that um, that we have as women. And I, you know, it, it's it may be socialized, probably is right of, of what we've grown up to believe. Um, really do get in the way, and I think um, you know I've spoken to a lot of um, young women or even existing sales executive and sales leaders who have said, you know, I didn't think I had the personality um, to be able to um, be successful in sales. And, you know, because I'm shy or I'm analytic or I am an introvert and and my perspective is, no, that's your superpower, right? Those are the things that we're going to teach you how to take what, you know, your innate strengths are um, as an individual and um, leverage those to have you be successful in different sales roles, right? And there's yeah. a lot of different roles that you can you can take on. The other thing, Lynn, I think is really important is that um, I think we need to change the perception of sales overall. I think, you know, it does have that, you know, old, you know, boys club, um, you know, we're going to kill it. We're going to, you know, and even the the language that's used in advertising or how sales jobs are um, promoted or characterized um, are very, um, it's very male oriented. Right. And women don't respond to that. And so I think, you know, one, building women's confidence and their ability and their, you know, innate personality traits is one thing. Building their confidence that they confidence that. Um, to one, apply for jobs, um, and to um, and then to break down that negative perception of sales is something that we're really keen and focused on. Yeah. So, I mean, you touched about a lot of things, you know, about the, you know, this really big gender disparity, especially when you get into B2B sales. I think that more women are in B2C sales uh, and that lower end of sales, because it's as you climb and get into B2B sales, that's where um, sales is sort of such an in- interesting career because you can either earn the least amount of money or the most. I mean, there's right. a huge range. And it's when you're in B2B sales that you start to earn a really great income. And, you know, this gender disparity, um, I do agree that there is a lot of, um, you see that uh, in negotiation skills for women, even when they're getting their first job or, um, you know, they're negotiating a, a, a pay raise or a role change. Uh, that they take what's offered for them. And they also look at, you know, what the job requires and they go, well, I can't do everything on this list. So I can't apply for it. Um, You know, instead where a man will say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I can do half these things. I'm good to go. 
I can learn the rest on the, on the fly. Right. Right. And so there is this really, uh, I think it's a part of it, maybe uh, that mindset and that attitudinal shift that needs to happen um, that women need to see outside of themselves that a lot of the the things that on the job you are trained for any specific career and in any environment of the culture and the the role in even in BPO and different companies, they they're doing different things. Right. Right. And so a lot of that is learned on the fly uh, for me in sales. I think my biggest the reason it really fit for me is that my core value is to help others to be of service. And so sales was like this natural fit because you know, it wasn't world peace. It wasn't the Peace Corps, right? But I was still able to help somebody take something off their plate that they didn't have to think about again. And yeah. I would completely manage it. And and uh, so that it was like it made their day just that little bit better, their job a little bit easier. Uh, and to, for me, um, that was incredible. And so that was why sales was such a good fit. And those some of those blockers... Um, I was able to get past them because that desire, that burning desire I had to be of service. Uh, but yeah. how do you see that as that gender gap? Yeah, I, I, um, I agree with you. I think that, um, that's part of dispelling some of the negative perception of sales. That it's not just about you know, selling a widget or being focused on money, money, right? In fact, I had a really interesting conversation with someone yesterday um, about that because, you know, we, he was asking me, you know, what was it that attracted me to sales? So similar to you, and I, and I thought about it and I thought, you know, um, one, solving business challenges. So being able to come in and make an impact, um, having a client that has a business need or a business challenge and being be able to work collaboratively with that client to move the needle in their business is really important to me. I love that portion of my job. Second is, is I, I just love people. I love relationships, right? So being able to work with a variety of different ind- individuals and different corporations um, in all different parts of the world. So the international component of my job is super exciting for me. But I think the other thing that maybe gets missed, um, and I'd love your perspective on this, is um, through sales, uh, you know, we create jobs, right? So, yeah. you know, when I walk in and, you know, I sell a client program on, you know, and they give us, you know, a couple of hundred um positions in support of their their business and I walk into the center and I see feel the buzz and and you know I see that we've created hundreds of jobs which exponentially impacted their families and their families and so when you think about the the downstream domino effect of that I think it's really cool and and I think people don't think about that I do not lead with money in fact if I've ever gotten to the point where money is is my driver, first of all, clients smell it from a million miles away. Um, And they're like, I don't trust you because all you really care about is trying to sell me something, whether it's the right thing for my business or not. And I have prided myself on integrity and building trust and and honesty, um, which, um, 
not that men, men don't do that, but I think that um, sometimes they have a little bit of a different approach. And I believe that if you take care of your clients and you take care of the company you work for and you take care of your community and you take care of yourself, that at the end of the day, the money will come. And yeah. and you speak of financial independence. Um, that's a big, that's important job, right? And I don't know that, especially the young women that we're working with right now, you know, that's a aha moment for them. So one is, oh, I'm not just hustling and killing it and meeting a quota. You know, I'm actually solving business problems um, and making an impact on business, you know, a business impact. But, um, but um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm making money too at the same time, which affords this, um, you know, this financial flexibility to be able to do what I want in my life, which I think is really important. Yeah. You know, and and I agree about that, that money piece, because that's, um, (laughs) and I've worked with all types, you know, both women and men who were very focused on what they could get out of the client in a way. And uh, so, um, and that's just, it doesn't matter what type of career you have. There are people who have their own agendas and it doesn't matter if they're doctors, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're in hospitality, whatever the industry is. So, um, but there are always those people who are sort of those champions and you're right in sales. One of the things for our business is that no business, no matter how big can stay in business if they don't have sales. And I mean, we've just been through this uh, with COVID it's COVID, just right. at home more truly than everything, but, you know, sort of try to live as a business without any sales for 30 days. Um, and that's, uh, that's the reality. Those sales are, are the lifeblood of the organization. Um, but at the same time, you're part of the team. Sales is just as there, you're not more important than anyone else mm-hmm. on the team from the janitor who makes sure the, the bathrooms are clean so that when you go in, you just, you don't feel the stress of, yuck, you know, <laughs> They're making your job a little better, right? Um, They're making every, you know, everybody. uh, And so everyone is working together and you're dependent upon the rest of the team members and production and operations for doing what you've sold and executing on it flawlessly. So it's very symbiotic. And I think that um, for women, we can see that side of that nurturing relationship uh, to some extent. And so I think that there's also some other uh, other identities that we should really, you know, sort of break down, you know, because there's racial, ethnic, the LBGTQIA community. Um, and all of this gets impacted um, with gender disparity, because I know that I certainly um, have seen that, um, you know, in my my executive experience. Yeah, I mean, I think that is why as a part of our corporate mission, it's not just about closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but it's all about building the largest pipeline of diverse capital, uh, diverse um, early stage female sales talent. And, you know, the, the diversity component to it, I think is really important because even if you look at that 30 two to 35% of people that, uh, you know, women that are in B2B sales, it's still comprised primarily of white women. I mean, it just is. And so when you look at, you know, I mean, 
there's some measurement for um, you know women of color as an example. Um, I I don't think I've ever maybe you have seen any statistics around the LGBTQ plus community or the trans community or anything in sales, right? So um, that might be something interesting to to unpack at some point. But um, I, I'm sure I'm sure the numbers are are are, um, are very low, right? Um, and and so I think um, you know the diversity component for us. So if we go from 35 to 50 percent. But it's all white women. I'm not. I'm not going to be satisfied, right? I really do want to focus on building a diverse workforce. Um, but yeah. one of the things we have an upcoming webinar um, next week, actually on April 29th, and it's um, entitled um, say, uh, "Sales Hiring uh, 101." Um, uh, about you know about um, unbiased hiring, right? And I think that what happens is, um, is there is a lot of, you know, a a bias in the hiring process. There are a lot of, you know, the advertising is um, uh, not gender neutral. And to your point, you know, women are not going to apply for jobs um, unless they meet, you know, 10 out of 10 or nine out of 10 of the um, the boxes that they can can check. They just don't have the confidence um, in being able to do that. So, yeah. you know, I do I do think the diversity factor is very important. I saw an interesting statistic today that sales leaders, so in who are hiring for sales positions, seventy five percent of them are do have you know want to be very intentional in hiring diverse candidates. And yet there's a disconnect in terms of um, the recruiting process, the, you know, the, the advertising process and those kinds of things. So you can have good intent, but unless you, um, but intent isn't, an, you know, I don't think is enough. You really need to have, um, have a, a, a very specific uh, plan in terms of how you're going to target and recruit diverse candidates. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there's so many different levels, like you said, and um, you have to to really break that down into all the different processes. And yeah. <coughs> sorry, I don't just frog in my throat, everybody. Um, yeah. Not literally. <laughs> so uh, the, it is interesting because, you know, you have to look at that. And uh, even from a point of not knowing the person's name or where, you know, their, uh, their address or um, like maybe which school they went to. Some of those things help them, you know, certain that initial evaluation process. It's like a blind, a blind evaluation because they found that when they do things like that, uh, there's much more parity. The same thing. I mean, even at a high school or college level, if they don't know, um, who it is who wrote the paper or who did the math problem um, there that there's the grading is is uh, is more fair. <laughs> so uh, it is Not really interesting. interesting. And there's we all have unconscious bias and yeah. it's really being um, made aware of that and then putting systems in place to really help address that so you can lean in. And certainly there's a small group of companies. Um, there's still like 16 
um, U.S. companies that follow, um, you know, the, the the piece that Obama put in to really ha- provide um, transparency on, you know, their hiring. I mean, and and uh, the wage discrepancies, Pay you know, so that right. they can reach that parity. And right. so they they created processes so that um, that you know it doesn't, you know, this that job pays this, period. You know, and and all of the all the benefits and things like that. This is the box, right? And so instead of having, oh well, this guy was able to negotiate an extra weeks of vacation or a little extra pay, um, and then having that so that it's transparent and where people can talk about their wages, like, hey Heidi, how much do you earn? How much are they paying you as a base? And then how much the percentage is on your commission, right? Right. Because right. I worked in a situation where every salesperson had cooked their own deal. And uh, I mean, it's just, you know, and I did, I got to that feeling later on there that changed. Right. But it was like, this is not fair, <laughs> you know. Uh, so <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting. I worked in a, a one company where I worked there and then I left and I came back. When I came back, there was a new sales leader and he said to me, I, I'm just here. And I was always the top salesperson, right? President's yeah, club. Yeah. I always blew away my quota. And so when I came back, he had this transparent conversation with me around, you know, I'm just curious, why are you making $10,000 less a year than your male counterparts in the same role? And, um, but your quota is higher. And I was like, you know, I don't know. We need to fix that. When I came back, he gave me a raise, you know, in base, um, just to be sure that it was equitable, equitable, you know, it was wonderful, but I didn't know. Um, now I was, you know, at the end of the day in sales, so. Um, yeah, you have your base, but none of us salespeople work for our base. Um, you know, so what you I love about sales is that, you know, I go and I can, excuse my language, but, you know, kick ass and just do me. And I'm going to, you know, there have been times when, you know, I've made more than the CEO of the company, right? Um, and so, you know, I'm really comfortable with my ability to perform, but, you know, that that is a problem and i think a lot of companies are beginning to look at at pay equity and begin to standardize that not only in sales but across the board in terms of paying people equally for um similar jobs right or the same job um and you know i i think that's obviously um, super important. The other, you know, the other thing we talked about bias, I had a conversation yesterday with a senior executive at a, a lo- huge technology company. And um, she was talking to me not only about, you know, some of the p- things that they're putting in place to around diverse, you know, intentional diverse hiring around changing their advertising strategies. Um, but one of the uh, other interesting things that they're doing, particularly in sales, because she she runs a sales team of two thousand people and, across the globe, and um, is they're taking the criteria of um, of um, being a college graduate or um, 
off the table um, because they found that, you know, particularly, you know, in looking at diversity hiring, but, you know, in sales, you don't necessarily have to have a college graduate or an MBA. And it's so easy to default when you're hiring to say, you know, ah, we're just going to go to the, you know, top Ivy League schools and we're going to, you know, hire their recent graduates. And you're leaving a lot of really, really excellent candidates off the table if that's yeah. your recruiting strategy. And so they just eliminated it now. And I love that. I love that. Because yeah. that's part of what Girls Who Sell is doing, too, is, is you know, yeah, we're looking, you know, at working, you know, at, at putting together training programs targeting college-age students, but but not necessarily, you know, 100% of people are in college. College isn't necessarily accessible to everybody, but you can be a rock star salesperson. In fact, the job that I told you about, the first job that I had gotten in sales in the BPO industry, the CEO of the company never graduated from college. And he took that company when I joined um, the organization, it was a $14 million or, uh, uh, company. And now I think it's 1.2, 1.3 billion. And he never got his degree. So um, <laughs> I think that we just need to, um, people, you know, that are putting together these recruiting programs and um, that are doing the, the, the um, interviewing, they, they just need to check their bias at the door. Um, yeah. And, and be, uh, otherwise, you're going to you're going to lose out on a lot of really good candidates. Yeah. Well, there's a whole much more about, you know, the 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 culture fit and that they ha- you have the right power skills to be able cuz everything can be learned, uh, other things can be learned on the job. Um and yeah. you're right. Uh <laughs> that is a really So, I mean, with girls who sell, you've been talking about how you address gender disparity. And yeah. you know, so um, and who you're targeting, um, what are some of the tools that you offer? So um, right now we're focused on um, on training, on creating training programs. So the, you know, we're, we're a new company. Um, you know, I created the business in October of last year and launched officially in January. So we're still early stage pre, pre-revenue um, company, but it's exploding. I mean, the interest has, has been um, phenomenal, which I think it's a sign of the time, right? Which is very encouraging to me um, that we're in the right place at the right time with the right message. Um, but the first thing that we're doing is putting together training programs um, targeting college age women. Um, and the first program that we're launching is called it's hashtag explore sales. And it's really beginning to position sales as a viable career alternative um, for young women. And uh, so we're going to be lo- rolling that out in the June timeframe. I'm working with a lot of colleges um, specifically. In fact, a lot of colleges that I've spoken to um, are looking to integrate um, me personally, or but what were you know some of the curriculum that we're doing into their um, business and and marketing oriented programs in their their curriculum into the fall, which is also really encouraging. So that will be a a training program that will set up um, that will be setting up, and um, that'll help women, you know, really get a better understanding of um, what sales is. What is B two B sales? I mean, that's the first question when I talk to young women. They're like, 
I don't even know what that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> to see, you know, like, you know, they don't. So, um, and, and uh, it's a fabulous training program. And at the end of that training, when they get through it um, and all through the modules, you know, I'm hoping that we give them a realistic view of the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, in sales, because it's not an easy job. And I'm not, I don't want to present it as being, being easy. You made the point earlier, you need to be able to um, compartmentalize and, and accept rejection and, and realize that it's not personal, that it's just business and all the other things, you know, prospecting and, and having the confidence to um, cold call and speak to people that you don't know, and to really dig deep and, and, you know, be able to, um, you know, identify and pro, you know, challenges and problem solve and all those things that come yeah, with it. Yeah. We're going to tackle all that um, in the in the first training program, and I'm hoping that you know when they come out of that, you know, that there are you know the majority of women go through it and say young women go through it and say you know what I want to go to the next level and we have two follow on courses. One is peeling back the onion and really starting to get deeper into selling, you know, into sales techniques and those kinds of things. And then the third class is a, is a six week certification um, course. So even if you're not in college, you can, you know, you can kind of go through the process and, um, you know, that certification program, particularly as in early stage, if you're looking at internships or an er um, entry level career in sales, that that's meaningful um, to, you know, organizations. And so that's what we're doing. But there's, you know, I'm also um, not hoping, but that, you know, some women may go through the Explore Sales program and say, you know what, now that I've learned all all this stuff, it's not for me. And they decide to self-select out and focus on something else. And that's okay, too, because I think going through it, um, sales, whether you decide to have a career in sales, a more formal career in sales or not, um, sales is a skill that you're going to, it's a life skill. It's a skill that yeah. you're going to, going to use throughout your, your life. And it's going to be important. So, um, so that's what we're doing. We also, um, uh, it's longer, you know, kind of a longer term vision, but we're creating a, uh, train the trainer program. So my vision is to put other women in business. So, um, you know, whether you're a teacher or you're a trainer or you, you know, um, but um, and basically set up girls who sell franchises and um, where girls who sell will be a content content aggregator. And we'll be able to um, put other women in business so they can start their own girls who sell franchises uh, franchises and take it to market. And that's how we're intending to um, expand globally. And one of the, you know, what's funding this, well, aside for me at the moment, just because we're early stage, is we're really looking for corporate sponsors that um, have, you know, B2B sales teams who have a real emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, who are super in, um, keen and intentional on um, diversity, diversifying their sales team and bringing in more women into their sales team and getting that early, you know, securing that early stage sales talent so that they can bring them in and retain them. The one thing I want to address that you said, which I think is really important and plays to the retaining, we can help build that pipeline and get in and bring women into sales positions 
But unless we fix the culture, and it's a company that does have a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and career pathing, and providing the right tools for women to be able to excel um, yeah. in their in their careers, they're going to leave. Particularly yeah. the millennial, you know, generation, they're not going to stay. So I think we have to approach it from you know a couple of different angles. One is, yeah, build that pipeline, get more women to apply, but we also need corporations to commit to um, diversity initiatives. So yeah, that's what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, absolutely right. Because I mean, there's a B two B sales um, uh, is an incredible career. You know, and I want to touch on one thing you said, because sales is leadership and going through sales training, whether you ever work a day in sales or not, you are working in sales, regardless of where you're at in your career. You're selling your idea to your boss or you're selling an implementation plan to the team. Uh, You are negotiating for a raise. You're having to deal with uh, people with different agendas and bring them together. Um, People with different styles. I mean, all the way through, um, I mean, heck, you're negotiating with your partner on what show to watch on Netflix, okay? Right. If you've ever tried to negotiate with a three-year-old, let me tell you, sales comes in handy. Well, Heidi, you know, this has been such an incredible conversation. Um, I, I really appreciate your sharing your vision and how women can get into and excel in sales and, and what you're doing with Girls Who Sell. I, I know that our listeners are going to want to know more about where they can find out about you and Girls Who Sell. Uh, so the best place is our website so that you can um, reach out uh, at www girls who sell with a z g-i-r-l-z who sell.com um you you'll through the website be able to learn more about our organization um you can apply for different training programs and you'll have the ability to reach out to me directly i'm very accessible i'm very interested in in speaking with everyone um so yeah so join us we also have a, a facebook page and an instagram page and a twitter page and soon to be on tiktok so lots of other ways for you to find out about us, but probably right now the best place is uh, the website. All right. And we'll be sure to include that link in our show notes for everyone. And I want to thank everyone who listened, uh, Heidi, especially you, because this has been such a great conversation. For those of you out there, if you have ideas that you'd like to share, you can leave us a comment down below. We'd love to hearing your thoughts. And of course, if you have a topic or um, a specific uh, question that you'd like to ask, you can email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. And to stay current on all our insightful advice and breakthrough advantages, sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitequeen.com. Thank you for listening. And Heidi, thank you so much for being here today. Lynn, thank you for having me. I could have I could have spoken to you all day long. So um, <laughs> it was, I think, one of the fastest 40 minutes I've ever experienced. So thank you for oh. having me. Oh, it was our pleasure. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.